just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. To a rip-roaring start as we welcome you into another edition. They are like, before we jumped on, you got uh, you got Brian, you got Matt, you got John Adams on a Thursday. And they're going, uh, they're going back and forth and side to side today. Y'all are ready to roll. Y'all got your game faces on today for Tony Valls coming up here in a mere matter of moments. John Adams, how do you plead to that? You're ready to roll today. I was just kind of surprised by uh, Brian's opening about a baseball series in Colorado for Tennessee. Uh, Matt then raised the possibility of a February series out there and wondered if Brian would attend. He seemed uncertain. Oh, no, he would never attend, but Brian's for uh, making Earl and Judy go all the way out there and play a series out there. Brian, isn't that correct? Yeah, I had them in mind when I thought about a series in Boulder. And, of course, you could play that in early March, maybe, where the weather might be somewhat better. You still could get a snowstorm. I've been out there a lot. I mean... If Earl and Judy want to go skiing, it would be a good trip. Imagine how far Blake Burke did a baseball in that altitude. Uh, based on what I saw last year, if they throw him the cr- a proper, p- <laughs> if they throw him a certain pitch, he ain't hitting anything. Why take a cheap shot? Well, because it's the truth. I didn't do it. Hey, Shep, I didn't <laughs> do it, Shepard. Well, maybe, why maybe take a cheap Tony shot? Balls know that you're glad his starting shortstop signed the other day. I am glad Ahuna signed. John, does that make me a bad guy that I was glad Ahuna went on and went professional? Bad- uh, Tony, that's not what makes you a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a question for you guys. John, usually when we're going to do the Thursday show together, I get a um, certain feeling. I always wake up in the middle of the night. I never sleep through the night, never, ever. This morning I woke up, though. Do you remember Chris Matthews um, Adams, the uh, political commentator from Philadelphia? Yeah, and by the way, I I listened to that podcast you sent me. It was very interesting, the Philadelphia podcast. about. Oh, yeah, about media and what's happening in media, yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember Chris Matthews. Okay, so Chris Matthews had a funny thing he said one time about when Barack Obama was first on the scene, he said, you know, when he spoke, I got a feeling up my leg. He literally said that on the air. When I heard him speak, he gave me a feeling. I got to ask you, John, man, the man here, does Tony Valls give you that feeling? Because yeah. he gives me, well, think about the question. He gives me that feeling. There's a certain pop I get when I know that I'm going to interface with greatness here in a mere matter of a few moments. Uh, no, I don't get that feeling. I like Tony. He's great to work with, very mm-hmm. professional, charismatic personality. Mm-hmm. But I don't get the feeling up my leg, no. Matt, how about you? Get the feeling? Uh, no, not not anywhere close to what you're feeling, Tony. No. <laughs> so, no, way to make it uncomfortable before you even ask a question. Yeah, it's no, really awkward. I it's have, awkward. It's not awkward. 
It's yeah, not. It I, is. He's no. I. He's my guy. If if he decides not to come on the show now, I would not be shocked. He's my guy. I love him. There's approve. other ways to word that. Chris Matthew. It's just that the guy's different. The guy's just different. John, do you Chris agree Matthews? with that? No. Tony Valls. Do you agree that Tony Valls is just different? Yeah, he's much different. For he is not in a typical. He is not a typical coach. Not at all. No. Not even close. No. So he's going to join us. And see, you could have said that, Tony. What's that? And let it go with that. That's how you could have made your introduction. He's not a typical coach. How much you like dealing with him. But you had to go off and bring back this Chris Matthews line about Barack Obama. He had a feeling in his leg. It, it just made everybody uncomfortable. I don't think it made people uncomfortable. Oh, I do. Brian I Hartman. A lot of people a lot of people cringed. Brian Hartman, did it make you uncomfortable? There's other ways you could have oh, maybe stop it. that. <laughs> I mean, like John said, there's different ways to say that so, and get the same point across. So we're a little closer to football season. Matt, are the Vols going to throw up a 10-2 like a lot of people in this audience seem to think they are? Is that your sense of this? Um, I'd have them more in the 8-4, and 9-3 range. That's me. But, I mean, I, it, it wouldn't shock me if they went 10-2. Nashville Lee. They'll be, they'll be favored in 10 games. Nashville Lee and Cinco had a rather vigorous disagreement on the air yesterday regarding that issue. Nashville Lee and who? And Sean Sinclair. They were going back and forth regarding. Nashville Lee just said there's going to be a regression with Tennessee's team this year because they lost too much talent. They did lose a lot of talent. Well, they did lose talent. So did a lot of other teams. And as Matt points out, they will be favored in 10 games. So I'll ask you, John, once we dispatch Tony Valls. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, well, but you're, you're regressing from being the top scoring team in the country and you set school records. I mean, you can't set a school record for, you know, you know, they scored, I think it was 46 points a game. Like, you yep. can't, you can't, that's not repeatable every single year. Like, I don't know, that, like, that shouldn't be a controversial statement to say that, hey, there, there's going to be some, some regression with this offense. You can't be the best offense in the country every single year, even if you, even if you had all those guys returning. It just, you know, I mean, that, that regression's always going to kind of be there. Um, every every few years, you might not stay healthy. You might, you know, just for a variety of reasons. But I, like, it's not a bad thing to say that. No. Like, I, I think that's just reality. Narrative is really interesting. We'll take a brief time out. I want to come back. We'll bring Tony Valls in here. What we're going to say about Hendon Hooker in a couple of years will be really interesting. We're either going to say he was a system quarterback who was great in the system, or we're going to say, damn, he was really good depending on how the next two guys play. Because it's hard to play better than Hendon Hooker played in this offense last year. So we'll talk about that. we got a lot to get into. Very little time to get there. i got to ask John about 
his thoughts on what Washington has done toward NIL, which I think is an absolute non-starter. If you think those players are going to give back their three, their freedom of movement while these coaches can move about the cabin, you, you are temporary insane, as they say where I came from, as we continue with more on the other side. It's your Thursday edition. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB, back with you. Tony Valls grew up in a, in a soccer family, so shout out to my friends at FC Alliance. Tony Valls now joins us on the TLD Logistics Newsmaker Hotline. Tony Valls, uh, you were telling me a second ago you're on the recruiting trail doing your thing, always out on the hunt and getting in the hunt and in the mix, and I welcome you in. And thank you for carving out a few minutes for us, my man. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I appreciate you. It's good to be back in the saddle. And not surprised you opened with soccer. I figure we might have to talk some messy at some point, like everybody else in the country, or at least a lot of people in the country. That's well, fun, man. Uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 and your guy likes all sports, and one of your buddies is uh, 
is the manager up there right now up at uh, FC Cincinnati, a guy you grew up with who does a really, really nice job and I think was coach of the year in that league last year. So, uh, And then you're, you're friends with that Twelman guy, right? He's a, he's a St. Louis guy. guy. That guy cannot not run his mouth, Tony. <laughs> he's always been very confident, uh, and, and he's good socially. So he's, he's made for TV and commentating. He actually went to Maryland to play baseball and soccer. Uh, he was a phenomenal switch hitting shortstop I played with, uh, but soccer got so good for him, he just kind of streamlined into that deal. I'm reading a book right now about the deep, dark days of uh, U.S. soccer, and they're talking about when they're trying to qualify for the 90 World Cup, which was played in Italy. And mm-hmm. Tony Mayola uh, bounces on the scene, and I just got into this part in the book. It's like 1988-89, and they just found this kid from New Jersey. And I'm not going to bore anybody, but Mayola was actually a two-sport athlete at Virginia, and he was a very, very good third baseman as well as being a uh, a world-level goalkeeper, which uh, just goes to show you that athletes are athletes are athletes are athletes. Tony, speaking of which, and I want to get into the – I'm going to let my my cast and crew here get into the baseball thing. Three years ago when we had the shutdown – you you uh, took me from a boy to a man and taught me about UFC. <laughs> you just you taught me about UFC. Boy to a man. Yeah. Boy to a man. And, it, and my life, my, my sports life has never been the same. The great Clark Moore uh, last month bought the pay per view. We went over and watched it with him. We broke it down scientifically. I'm inviting myself over there tomorrow night. Now that I know I don't have to go off Chinese streams, so to speak. Um, dangerous. It's very dangerous. The card tomorrow, talk to me about the card. What is your letter grade going into tomorrow night's card? Yeah, well, just as a part of society since I've been growing up, the words amazing and phenomenal and insane are overused. They make it more fun to talk about something, but often you're just kind of being dramatic. This is literally an insane group of fighters, not just with skill and talent level, but also the personalities. One reason I think you and I both like it is it's kind of got UFC, that is. It's got the Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, Steve Austin type personalities and, and, you know, controversy that comes out of that. But you also have a very high skill level of athletes. As you said, athletes will be athletes and competitors will be competitors. Uh, But anyway, getting back to your question, if you don't watch this stuff and you want to give it a try, this would be the card to do it. And if you're a regular fan, this would be the card to make sure you also watch the prelim fights. I know you often do that, Tone. I love the prelims. You got, yeah, I mean, you got Derek Lewis in the prelim fights, who could knock somebody in the next week at a drop of a hat, and also has the most entertaining interviews. Um, so it's a, it's an A for me, if not an A plus. Well, and to your point, the other thing I love about UFC, which I've just come to really appreciate, those people get in the ring, these guys and gals with each other. And they try to, and they literally try to put each other in the hospital. I mean, that's the name of the game. But then when the fight's over, there is nothing but absolute respect for your competitor. And that is generally the way it goes, for the most it's part. Very re- it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I knew where you were going with that, and it kind of got me geeked up about um, growing up in St. Louis, a big hockey guy in the Stanley Cup or pursuit of the Stanley Cup. Uh, when those series are over, all those guys that have been knocking each other's teeth out and everything else, uh, that handshake line is pretty cool. And uh, it's very similar at the end of a UFC bout, for sure. 
kind of like Southeastern Conference baseball. I mean, you guys all love each other. Yeah, we just talked about that, and I'll share with you. Uh, Matt Boyer is the chairman of our sport with the SEC office, and he called me today asking if there was anything that you know our program thought should change or any valuable suggestions. And one thing I said that's really tough is those handshakes we do at the end of Friday's game and Saturday's game. I think it makes complete sense at the end of a series for both teams maybe or at least both coaching staff to shake hands. Uh, but you're kind of in the middle of the bout. It's almost like if Floyd Mayweather would go over and shake hands with a guy after round one. Uh, so, so to me, that was my one suggestion. I, I think you have to have – um, you know, appreciation for anyone who puts it on the line the way fighters do, hockey guys, SEC coaches and players in any sport. You have to appreciate that, even if you hate them or you compete against them. Uh, but there's a right time and place to do that. So you, your your recommendation to them would be we ought to go to an institute a deal where after every series we shake hands and not every game. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it cuts off the celebration. Those wins are hard to get. You want to celebrate with your guys, but you don't want to show up the opponent. Um, and then there's nothing wise to say, those handshakes, you know. And if, uh, let's say me and, and Coach Van Horn from Arkansas is probably not a good example, but me and Coach talk to each other. What if we talked about, hey, how's your family doing at home plate? Somebody gets a picture of that and snaps it on Twitter, and it's like, oh, they had an exchange after a close game for 30 seconds. It's just... I don't see any good that can come out of that, but, heck, it's another topic, just kind of giving people insight that the SEC office is always communicating with coaches and trying to figure out how to do better um, because we kind of set the standard for the whole country almost in every sport. Well, I mean, back during the uh, 2021 year when you and Van Horn had your exchange, I'm sure that's what you were doing then when you had your mask off, but it looked like you were asking him how his family was doing. Yeah, ex- exactly, and um, that that's that's gone and over with and involves it was fun hey tone i'm for that i want the drum i like you because you use a term meat stick toward a guy you put push the bat back at your opponents i'm for that stuff Uh, like we are totally on board with that here i think anyone who thinks we've arrived or we've really accomplished anything compared to the other juggernauts in our league they're 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 a little bit crazy we're still kind of trying to make our way up and improve things like facilities and along that path we cannot back down from anybody and our coaching staff can't just ask that of our players they have to live it um now each situation is different and hey i'll just say it on air i've maybe said it before that that's an argument that does not occur unless i at least and i know he does too have feelings for each other in a positive way there's a relationship there that's very meaningful to I think both of us, definitely for me. And so, again, you would argue intensely more with a brother or a wife or somebody than you would with some stranger. And so that, that's what, what came about there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't want us to back down from anybody because we're still trying to prove ourselves. No doubt about it. Tony Valls wants you to uh, watch this preliminary card on Saturday. I'll be watching. I'll, I'll go you one better, Tone. I'm playing music in the afternoon. When I get back, I'm going to watch that. Right on from a random maverick in the early prelims, I'll be watching that thing right on up. And the great thing is some of these fights appear on ESPN if you look hard enough because they're wanting to promote and get people. This weekend it's going to be on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus, the prelims. So 
Uh, this would be a great weekend if you've never seen UFC, never been exposed to it. Anything in the prelims tone that you uh, would recommend outside of Derek Lewis? Or are there any other fights well, in that prelim? There, there's only three or four that are a part of the um, you know pre- prelim prior to that. That's right. Um, and and then you know even before that, there's even more fights. That's right. Uh, so th- there is an undefeated. So Derek Lewis isn't even normally they like to have the last. Uh, prelim be a real eye catcher. Yep. Well, that's not even Derek Lewis. He's the second to last. And then they have an undefeated fighter from Brazil that I've only seen highlights, but he's undefeated, uh, which getting to 14 and 0 is unheard of. So that's the last prelim, but there's only a few of them. So if you're going to tune in, you might as well get the appetizer with that whole deal. And what I love, yeah. What I love about those cards tone is unlike the ones that are in the apex, they get those people right in the ring. Like, there's not a big, huge break between when they're on network television, the, the, they, one they, fight ends, and they get those fighters right into the ring for the next fight. They roll. They roll. And if you're a betting man, the one reason you want to turn into those prelims is this feels in Salt Lake City. And I talked with Hot Sauce, you know, our local UFC guy, and that altitude is going to be a big, big issue for people. And it, it literally might be the difference maker in every fight all the way up to the, the title fight, which is going to be, everyone knows it's going to be a slugfest between Poirier and, and Gaethje. They're going to hammer away at each other. And it might just be who gasses out first because of the altitude. And I'll be watching four hours of fighting after being after playing weather up at the, uh, playing music rather, I said weather, playing music up at the Tallytown Festival uh, this weekend where we'll be with the Fountain City Ramblers. Yes, sir. Let me let me give you an advertisement. I've got the perfect weekend for a Tennessean. Right. You spend a little coin and you go over to Nissan in Nashville and watch George Strait and Stapleton on Friday night. You then afternoon Saturday make your way to Knoxville and watch Tony Basilio play. And it's going to be a hot afternoon, but a fun one. Then you go get you some air conditioning and watch the UFC fights all night long. Well, I've never been juxtaposed with George Strait and Stapleton, but Tony, I appreciate the effort nonetheless. Uh, let me, without further ado, chump John Adams in here because uh, my uh, esteemed cast and panel, and you can hear in the background, Tony's watching some guys in the cage take some swings. Go ahead, John Adams. Tony, I'm, I'm intrigued by your uh, passion and knowledge of, of USC, so I'm curious, uh, heaven forbid, if you were attacked by a mugger on a recruiting trip, uh, how would you defend yourself? Boxing? <laughs> Kickboxing, martial arts, wrestling, yep. jujitsu, maybe a little jujitsu. Because Tony does roll around on the uh, carpet with those people over there. His players tell me. <laughs> yeah, I am extreme amateur status, and I probably like a lot of people when they get in a street fight would spaz out. Uh, but it's amazing if if you train with those guys, you realize how little you know and how dumb some of these guys look that get in these street fights. So if you could keep calm and you know use your infielder feet and throw hands appropriately, you might be able to defuse the situation pretty quick. But the cool thing about people that spend time training and fighting, they realize how serious it is, and you never know what another guy knows. So they actually fight less than some of the knuckleheads that just want to drink too many beers and they don't like the other team's jersey. <laughs> so uh, infield feet and uh, yeah. good hand usage, that's, that's what I would take away from that. There you go. Nothing All right, thanks, Tony. That, that's my answer, I guess. <laughs> okay. Brian Hartman, go ahead, man. 
what player have you coached that you would recommend maybe that would be thinking about a UFC career? Who do you think might be the best prospect there of anyone you've coached? Uh, man, Drew Gilbert is one that comes to mind if I'm going off recent, you know, recent memory. If, if I could pull up the whole catalog of guys that I've been able to be around, there's there's some I definitely wouldn't mess with. That's one the fans know. And then off this current team, I don't mind telling you, again, you spend time with those guys, you start to size people up a little bit. The number one guy I would avoid in our locker room this year is Kavaris Tears. I would not want to take a punch from that guy based off the size of his fist and how strong he is, which many people have seen. I mean, I think our last out of this season – was KT basically hitting a home run that didn't carry out over the fence, uh, you know, against LSU. So fist size and just the absolute strength on that, dude, we're not messing with KT. I, I would not, and he's a gentle giant. He's such a good kid and a sweet kid. Uh, but, no, I, as far as the physicality goes, I'm, I'm staying off that uh, train track. How hard was it for you, Tone, last year when you guys were kind of scuffling around offensively? not to insert those kids and just go young? And how close did you come, in retrospect, to doing that? Well, I think it was difficult because, you know, we, we were getting hurt on the defensive end. So do you go with your best offensive lineup or defensive lineup and you feel like you're giving up sacrificing too much on one side or the other, whereas you're blessed with a kid like Jordan Beck, geez Louise, he's going to save your runs by throwing guys out and robbing home runs, and then he's going to come up and hit a home run. Uh, so it was tough, and we made a stand halfway through the season. We made some changes. It was right after Florida. Uh, we, we decided we're going to go with defense first positionally, and we're going to move around some guys on the mound. It's going to come with repercussions, uh, and we know it, but we're doing it anyway because we, we want to win. Yeah, and, and it's, it's always difficult when you get in those spots. Matt Dixon, jump in here with uh, Tony Vitello. Yeah, uh, Coach, um, I guess it's kind of fitting that Drew Gilbert got ejected last night, the same night that the Rangers and, and Astros cleared the benches. But, um, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. That's great. Yeah, I think you argued a check swing with the third base umpire. Um, I'm just getting back to, to baseball, which it feels bad asking, but what's the process or, or how much uh, influence do coaches have or, or, or coaches allowed to have in and where guys play summer league ball at, like, are are you are you are you allowed to kind of place guys, or, or how how does that work? Yeah, no, a good amount. Um, we'll go to the players and ask for some feedback, um, but I would say it weighs hev- heavily more on the coaching side as far as us finding out what we think is best for them or we suggest for them. Now, they don't sign the contract until they agree to it. There are player contracts for summer ball, and then also. Um, you know, whether they're going to actually go out there. Like A.J. Russell signed up to go play with the Healdsburg team out in Northern California, uh, but he decided what was best for him to be a starting pitcher for us next year was to stay in town and train with Coach Q. So there's an initial signing, and then there's an actual showing up. And then even sometimes when you show up, you might reach an innings limit and decide to back away or come back home uh, from that summer team. So there's a lot that goes into it. And those summer programs are a lot of fun, but they are very, very high-made to run and coach for those summer teams. You know, Matt, it's interesting you bring that up because I was talking with uh, Craig Jenkins yesterday. He was telling me that 
they had a tremendous showing up in the Tri-Cities for their All-Star game that they put on here recently. And, Tony, I noticed that you guys landed a, a young guy out of the portal from uh, who was up there playing. How much of an asset is that for you to have that in our state? Well, the easiest way for me to tell you is we got Andrew Lindsay out of that deal. Um, it's, it's a massive asset because it's good for our players to shoot up there. We can check on them to see if they've made progress in a certain area because in this day and age of the transfer portal, everybody wants to play. And so you want to give them a fair assessment for where they fit in. Uh, but also you're looking for additions. And, and last year we had a huge addition with Lindsay. And then this year you're talking about Bargo, um, the kid from Missouri who's transferring into us. The fans are going to love him because he's a two-year guy. He's, he's transferring to us as a rising sophomore, so we'll get him for two years, um, and then most likely will be a draft. But he's a throwback. He is a throwback kid. We really enjoyed recruiting him, and he's obviously got some talent, too. I think he's leading the league in hitting. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, um, and, and obviously that kid's growing this summer, uh, but my question for you is when – you're visiting with those guys, right? Um, and, and let's talk. Let's go back to the just the portal itself, okay? Who's the biggest surprise for you that you got out of the portal this spring? What was the biggest surprise for you? The one where you said coming in, boy, I don't know about this, but but we'll give it a go. I think it's. I'm uh, sorry to bore you, but I think it's Bargo because what we wanted to do and what fans wanted to see was a little more offense out of the catching position. Now, we're very blessed to have Cal Stark and Charlie Taylor still on board because they're both going to catch for us. And both are capable offensively, but our overall batting average was, you know, below 200 last year as a team. So we see a need there, and we fill it with the Peebles kid who could have gone anywhere in the country. Um, and, and to be honest with you, Peebles and Bargo were our two options. We were looking for offense. Catching wasn't a huge priority. Um, and Bargo didn't care that we got Peebles. He said he still wanted to visit, and after the visit, he still was a huge fan of our program. He's been very adamant about he'll play anywhere on the field that we want him to. Um, so when I say he's a throwback, I mean it. And uh, it was a surprise that it worked out with two guys where, in reality, we could have got left with nothing. Those two guys turned down SEC programs, Big 12 programs, ACC. So we, we could have got left with nothing, and we got two guys that are very, very offensive and two guys that will be with us for two years and have really good makeup, too. And – Tone, um, it's football season. It's hard, it's hard to believe. Oh, yeah. You guys have done this, though. You guys have created a bridge where it really tricks my brain because we're, like, right at a month uh, for the first uh, week zero games that are going to be played. And the portal, how long you guys go in your season, let's do it again next year. Um, there's very little downtime for us. Tell me what it means to have, because you've seen the campus under two different regimes football-wise, but to have a robust Tennessee football program back, what does it mean for your sport, Tony? It's enormous. It, it adds to the environment and experience our current players have, and that's got value. Um, and, and then also the guys who come in as recruits, uh, they're trying to make a decision where do they want to go to school. And it comes down to every single little thing. We lost a kid this year in the, in the portal that was a really good pitcher. It was down to us in another program. And the difference was he was able to go watch a baseball game while we were playing in Hattiesburg. 
Um, so it would have been nice to be playing in Knoxville, but we weren't. Um, and him getting to see that environment, according to his dad, was the switchover. So when it's that close, you need every little advantage you can to beat out what's more than likely an, an SEC team you're competing against recruiting-wise. And the other thing is just the head football coach sets the tone for the environment in the athletic department. And there was a guy who coached at one of the schools that I was at that just made it a nightmare for everybody. And I've been around guys that are a little bit in between. Well, this guy we got here is so laid back off the field, definitely not on the field, and such a good dude that he sets the tone for the whole athletic department that, hey, we're all in this together. Nobody's unapproachable. There is no facility you can't use. There's no favor you can't ask. And it it just changes things. It makes everything better. Well, and you and I have talked about him in the past. I was watching him down at, and I'm sure you didn't see this, but his appearance last week in Nashville at the SEC meetings, it blows my mind how much this guy has grown on the job and the way he handles things. And I use the term emotional intelligence, and I don't use that term lightly because I don't know a lot A lot of people in life have a tremendous amount of it. I know you do. You're a room reader. And he does. He was really good down there the way he, he's – really deaf the way he handles himself he's really grown here yeah and i think the league will do that to you um in that sport even more than ours is you're swimming with the sharks so it's kill or be killed um or you know you could just label it sink or swim and the guys who swim athletes coaches um administrators i guess i could throw in not not my uh, area to speak on but you have to figure things out and i don't think until you're in the SEC, you don't realize what it's about. And once it punches you in the face, you got to kind of figure it out. Andrew Benintendi is an athlete who, again, had to read the room at Arkansas. His freshman year, SEC play starts, and all of a sudden, for the first time in his life, he's not having success. It was sink or swim, and he struggled a lot. And then the next year, you know, wins the Golden Spikes Award. Tony Valls, you're the man. Our best to you. Um... Anything else you'd care to add here on the way out? Or, John, do you got something? Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Yeah, Tony, when you were talking about how how helpful it is to have a football coach in the SEC who's about other sports and, and treats everybody equally, I can remember when I was in school at LSU and the uh, head baseball, I was assigned with the school paper to do a story on the baseball coach. They were getting ready to uh, open the base, uh, baseball season, and Jim Smith was his name. Uh, so I rode around with him in his truck, and he was he was doing football duties. He was the equipment manager for the football team, and that was his uh, number one job. Uh, his secondary job was uh, coaching the baseball team at LSU. So uh, I guess you can see that baseball's come a long way in this league. It's it's changed a ton, and now the draft and just. The coverage, the personalities, you know, they said there was so much star power in Omaha last year. And, yeah, there were good players. You, you had a couple freaks that were top picks. But, really, the star power is more recognition being given to these guys these days. There's a better platform for them to be cheered for and recognized by fans. And um, when you got the best athletes in the world, amateur-wise, playing the game, it's, it's going to go in a good direction. Tony, uh, on the way out, and I appreciate you, were you surprised none of those kids uh, off your uh, recruiting, um, the initial signing class, uh, ended up 
outside of one from Nashville, how many were you expecting to lose going into that draft? We we thought there could be a swing of add seven or subtract seven, and there's a and that's not like maybe a guy could be a draft. That's a couple pitchers that turned down really good money. It's a couple guys that said draft me and I will go, but they didn't get taken probably because they were position players. It was such a pitcher heavy draft. Um, it was amazing. And for people to kind of get a grasp on how it goes in the summer for us, the one guy we least expected to sign was the only guy that did sign. And uh, he got good money, and we wish him well, and I think he'll be a big leaguer. But Carson Rucker is the brother of Jake Rucker. So you figure when the kid sits there in the stands and watches his brother live out a great career at Tennessee, he's going to want to be a part of the same thing. Uh, but in the end, uh, he felt the money he got was, was a big deal. And uh, he'll go out and see what he can do with, uh, I believe, the Tigers or who took him. Tone, I appreciate you. Anything else you'd care to say to the Living Vol fan on the way out? Thanks for stopping by. No, no, it's great to, to be with you guys and to chat and appreciate everybody following our sport the way they do. Um, it, it's amazing. The social media and the fan base affect things. It can be negative. You know, if you're if you're booing a kid or talking negative, you you might be sitting right next to his parents, and the kid may be thinking about maybe I need to get out of this place. Or if you run into somebody at a restaurant in Knoxville, it might be a kid that's on a visit, and your positive impact. Or someone bought us when we were at Calhoun's, bought us a couple appetizers and said great season. It made a huge impression on a recruit. So I just appreciate everybody that does it, especially the ones that do it in a positive manner. Uh, but but we'll take everybody. Tone, good talking to you. We're going to be back at Calhoun's on our Friday series this year like we were last year, and I hope you'll come down because I've never seen the pH in people's blood change as they are when they're in the presence of Tony Valls. <laughs> I appreciate that. You'll eat good at Calhoun's for sure, so I might have to come down there and get some grub myself. Have a Doc Gooden, my friend. Good talking to you. You too. Take it easy. Adams, how cringeworthy was IU presented by Seniors Helping Seniors? I thought you were more restrained through most of the interview, but you kind of faltered there at the end, thankfully. <laughs> and, and I said a silent prayer before we started. Did you? You didn't mention anything about your leg. I was, and and I was uh, wondering uh, to Matt, yeah, if any of your callers, any of your listeners, rather, right, right. feel the same way about you that you do about Tony Vitello. Matt, do you think there are listeners out there that get a get a uh, thrill out of me when they're around me you've you've seen me interact with folks matt <laughs> cattleman uh, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go with no but even in the event there was one or two really really weird people <laughs> uh they wouldn't admit it uh, publicly oh like brian you do brian hartman's never he's never ascribed or ascribed or whatever the term is that to is. the billy joel song leave a tender moment alone that that was a, a, a Brad Hartman cheap shot, as Titans Bill would say. There will be no tender moments left <laughs> alone by Brian. Um, don't you guys find, like, Tony's Except when really, you're talking about uh, Tony Valls, though. Tony really, Tony tender moment he really loves the um, that UFC stuff, right? It's cool that he has, like, his own outlet. And he sort of pulled me into it. And, like, I'll, I'll be texting him Saturday night when that's on. And we'll be going back and forth. John, do you find as a sportsman, when somebody's really passionate about something, that they can kind of pull you into it with their passion? 
because I'm very much like that. Like if I meet somebody that's really, really, really into something like that, and I'll be apt, if I'm around them, you know, to kind of give it a shot. Yeah, I think if, uh, and it helps if it's someone like Tony Vitello, who's not only passionate about it, who's obviously very knowledgeable about it. He's a persuasive guy. So, yeah, I could see where that would, would happen with you. And, and I don't know, I don't think of you as being that easily influenced, but, but maybe you are. Um, I think I, I would go back to, I used to really follow boxing and really enjoyed boxing. Yes. And, uh, you know, I would talk because I covered a lot of big championship bouts and I talked to people about it. And I think they kind of got interested, my friends, from talking to me about my experience with it. Uh, so I can see where that that's a factor. Um, I, I didn't realize that you were that into it and that you watched that much of it. I enjoy it. I, I, I listen to podcasts on it. I um, read about it. It's a great outlet, you know, away from... Because you got to get away from what you do. People don't realize that. But if you don't get away from what you do, it, what you do can eat you up. And, and, and listen, the one thing about what I do here, and I always say, even the crazy hours we work, is I could be working for a living. Okay? And I don't mean that like uh, in, a dis, you know, in, a, in a dismissive or a smart-ass way. I so appreciate the opportunity to do what I do every day that I try to get in here anytime in front of a microphone and really give it my best. I, I just try to. You know, and some days you're going to feel good, some days you're not. Some days you're going to be mad about something. Some days you're going to lose a sponsor. Some days you're going to want me, whatever it is. Some days it's going to rain on you, whatever. Some days you're going to fight with somebody and you're going to have to come in here and put a happy face on, whatever it is. But I never stop to appreciate how blessed I am to get an opportunity to do something. When I was a little kid, if you'd have told me, hey, this is how it's going to work out for you, I'd have said, man, I'll take that. I would take that. And here's the other truth about what we've had a chance to do, John, is, and I don't know if you ever stop and think about this, but down through the years, how many people would trade with you to be in your seat? Like, if this thing became open tomorrow, how many people would try to get in this seat and apply for it and jump in here and do it? And the answer is thousands. That's the answer. You'd be a tough act to follow. But, uh, but, and so are you. But the point is that to have the career you've had, to get to go cover multiple Super Bowls, all the stuff you've been at, the national championships, to be a choice voice in a market this size, as long as you've been doing what you're doing, I mean, you know, it's we're pretty blessed, man. I mean, this is a real um, blessing to get to do this. Yeah, I realize that. I mean, this is what I decided I wanted to do when I was 12 years old. Uh, we were asking school to write what you would like to do, and this was it. In fact, it it was very detailed in that I said I wanted to cover national events. I wanted to travel. Yeah. I, I wanted to write opinionated pieces, and that's exactly what I got to do. A, a friend of mine a few years younger grew up in the same small town in, in Louisiana, very successful businessman. And uh, he, was, uh, he was a banker, a very bright guy. And when he was young, 
he t- he told his dad he wanted to be a sports writer. His dad said, yeah, I don't think there's enough money in that for you. And as it turned out, my friend didn't pursue that. Very talented guy, very musical too, Tony. He would, you could appreciate his uh, musical skills, could write songs. Wow. But he told me many years later, after a very successful career in the banking industry, that there was kind of a twinge of regret that he said, I would have really liked to have done what you did. And, but things worked out well for him. But no, I, I think any time, anybody, whatever it is, if you get to do in life exactly what you want to do, uh, you should feel very fortunate. Yeah, and here's the thing about our business, so it's different now. There used to be a system where you would have to pay your dues. And I sent John a podcast that was discussing this um, last week, and it was about the Philadelphia market. And now... People are doing the sports thing so on the cheap that they're letting veteran people go and they're hiring kids to do jobs that kids used to have to train and work in markets and work their way up. And I mean, I remember when I, my first job in radio, I made $800 a month gross in 1991, which $800 gross is not a lot of money. That's before taxes. And, but you paid the price. So what I did is I would deliver pizza at night to, um, to help make us a little extra money. Uh, cause I had a dream. I had a dream to do this. And, um, so I just appreciate along the way all the people I've had a chance to meet, all the people I've had a chance to know, all the people I've had a chance to interface with. And every once in a while it's good just to kind of stop and, and go, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a real blessing to get a chance to do this. So just wanted to say that out loud. Well, well Tony, I think it's an appropriate time now for Brian to reign on this tender moment. Do you have anything to add, Brian? Yeah, Brian. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. We come back. I got to ask John about this NIL deal. Um. Congress is trying to get their, the federal government is trying to get their hands around this, and there are two competing bills out there. I don't know if any of it's going to see the light of day. I do know this, the Tommy Tuberville deal with Joe Manchin, if if those guys, that's ceremonial, because those guys can't think for five seconds that that's going to grow legs, that you're going to make kids sit in college for three years after giving them freedom for the past 18 months. We continue on the other side right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby. 
king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. July is Beef Month in Tennessee, recognizing one of the state's largest and most important industries. Our state's 37,000 cattle producers are contributing to the state's economy, conserving natural resources, and providing a high-quality protein for people to enjoy. The Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our beef farmers for their commitment to producing a healthy and sustainable food choice. Beef is a good source of 10 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, iron, and zinc. Join us in celebrating July Beef Month in Tennessee. It's that time of day. I've got our, one of our, our favorite grocer on the line, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, what kind of great specials uh, do you guys have today that uh, everybody's going to want to come in and get? Well, this week we got ground chuck for three fifty nine a pound, whole boneless pork loins a dollar ninety nine a pound, seedless watermelons five ninety nine each, food club sugar two for five, and Dasani twenty four pack water four ninety nine. Great deals as always, and uh, they run all the way through next Tuesday. 
Tuesday. And again, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th Street. And uh, again, you know, easy parking, well-lit area, friendly staff. So, Miles, thank you as always. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, people need to come in and uh, pick up some of them goodies from you. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right. That again was Miles Johnson there from Foodland. Make sure you check them out on West 7th and seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, to go through all the specials. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. Mark Ingram is getting ready to join. He will uh, lead off hour two for us. Uh, and he is the AD down at Birmingham who played at Tennessee. Uh, and they're going to the AAC and the ever-shifting sands that are major college football. But he's a really great guy, and I look forward to visiting with him. Let me keep it live, legal, and local here as we head into hour number two with you on the radio. So Mark Ingram with uh, Alabama-Birmingham will be joining us. John, these two bills that are out there on NIL, one of them addresses something that really needed to be addressed with the State Department, which is, the fact that everybody can get NIL money with the exception of foreign athletes. And they're going to they're gonna do something about that loophole. So that, because now what they have to do is they have to go overseas somewhere and, and do a cash transaction with these people. Just to stay within the confines of whatever silly rules they have. But you can lose your passport, John, if you're one of those kids and... and, and you, you, if you're one of those kids and you uh, accept money, you can kind of like lose your standing, lose your passport. Yeah, and, and that's something that needs to be addressed, and that's kind of, but but that's not the real thrust of these of this legislation, right? I mean, and and you alluded to it earlier. You once this door was open, you can't go back and shut it. In the idea, like in uh, Tuberville and Mansion's proposal athletes would only be able to transfer and play right away after completing their first three years of academic eligibility that that's not happening you you can't after giving athletes this freedom to transfer just as coaches have the the freedom and right to transfer whenever they see fit you can't go back and restrict that now that that's done and and if it plays out in court you know how it will end. You know the outcome. That's right. It it will be ruled in favor of the athletes. Just let they need to just let the stuff go and deal with what they have as best they can. It, it's a free market. I was talking with an old schooler yesterday from the, one of my friends I've gotten to know down through the years who said, you know, they. I think the guy's name is Charlie Baker. Is that right? The new uh, president. He said, man, he's really on board with this piece of legislation and i said i'll bet he is and i said to him you do realize because he's he wants to kind of these guys want to hold on to that old model and this guy's been in it for a long time and he says well you know i i think it's got a chance to pass i said it's got zero it's got zero chance to see in the light of day neither one of those political parties want to disenfranchise those kids no if you're a thinking person and you stop and you put your and you put your thinking cap on, Tuberville's out there fighting for the college coaches. He's one of the administrators, and probably they lobbied him, and, and who knows how all that works. 
And, you know, Manson's kind of a free spirit, and he sort of went along with it. I'm telling you, when the rubber meets the road, who wants to put their name on something that's going to disenfranchise those kids? Not me, John. Sorry. Nobody. We, we, we go back. I mean, you're trying to reverse field here when that's you do right. that. We go, we go back to how did all this start? Because athletes felt like they were getting shortchanged yep. uh, amid a what's almost a billion dollar business yep. now. Yep. And, and again, the hypocrisy, and, and I understand that. I understand why fans don't appreciate this, don't like it. I understand that. Sure. If I were a fan, I'd feel the same way. Yep. Uh, but it, it's just you can't have this much money coming in and this many people benefiting from it. And you can't have coaches going hither, there, and yon whenever they please, but say, no, the athletes, they have to stay put, even if that means they don't get to play because they can start somewhere else. It just won't work. We're all past that. It's it's like if you started out, remember when the many years ago uh, when they introduced the forward pass to college football or right. to football in general. Right. Imagine a few years later if somebody passed – Tried to pass national legislation. No, that's not good for the not good for the sport. Let's go back and make the game as manly as it should be, and just you line up and you try to overpower the opponent. None of this frilly passing game. It's just not going to happen. Not not going back. Which John, you're an eclectic guy. You and I like the uh, Kennedy assassination stuff and things that are off the beaten path. The one piece of that bill I like is you're going to, uh, of the two together, you are going to address the the aspect of these folks that we call aliens. And uh, John, are you in? Are you for it or against? And do you think there's anything to that we have been visited? And I'm not talking about Vesco. I'm talking about aliens. Uh, no, Brian, they haven't called. Um, do you believe, John, and not that I'm calling Vesco an alien by any stretch of the imagination, but do you believe, uh, John, in the presence of aliens, that aliens have visited us? And are you for or against looking into it? I'm far looking into it. Uh, I think it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Yes. When I was a kid, I used to read a lot about that. Uh, I just didn't know. And then as I, I grew up... Uh, as an adult, I kind of thought, well, there's just so much out there, and you don't know what go, what's going on in somebody's head yep. and vision and, and and all this kind of stuff. But I have to admit, I was telling Matt off air. I mean, this this was really compelling testimony yesterday. And uh, but aren't these people nuttier than fruitcakes? I mean, there's a lot of nuts out there, right? Well, yeah, I know that, but these people didn't sound nutty. Uh, I mean, well, these are like high-ranking military people. These are military of. people. They don't. They're not in fantasy land, and, and it's the kind of thing that I think a military person would want, would be very skeptical of, and would want to disprove, and would have a hard time accepting it. But I think what's happened is there's enough uh, intelligence out there, enough anecdotal stuff that these guys are saying, "Man, I don't know. There's something going on," but. The real chilling part of it was when they said that they they have remains of possible aliens. Like, is it human? No. 
So what is it? Uh, I mean, gosh, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a really hard thing to think about. And amid all the troubles we have in our country and in the world, then you throw in this. We got UFOs to think about. Now, on the other hand, think about think about a coach. He's thinking, you know. Could I recruit one of the? If you have there is if no doubt aliens out there. Could we recruit one of those? There's guys? no doubt. I mean, oh, but Butch Jones is the first one to do it. <laughs> Butch Jones would have been on in that Marshall app. Well, never mind. Um, all right, let's go back here. So, for the for the uninitiated, you guys are telling me that military people are testifying that. Military people are testifying that there are there is life out there. To quote the great, uh, uh, what's the red-haired singer, the country singer? She had her own TV show, Life Out. Is there life out there? Reba, thank you. So, they've, they've recovered alien bo- bodies and two spacecrafts. Two, two bodies. And, and the thing, what was funny Small to me, spot. Tony, because I think I talked about it on the show uh, after my trip out to Colorado, I was in think it's uh hooper colorado uh this they have a u it's a ufo watchtower and i i spoke to uh the lady that's been there and run it for 23 years she's uh they sell alien merchandise and stuff like that you know it's kind of cheesy but there were a lot of people there but what was interesting about it the way she described ufos and she said she's got had 30 sightings in 23 years was almost the same language verbatim that the military people were using when they're talking about these spacecraft don't perform the way ours do we don't have anything that can do that and that's exactly what she said when she was talking well, about it we'll, we'll get into that maybe a little later on in the hour I, that, that stuff kind of creeps me out what doesn't is visiting with a VFL who's really made good, and the great Mark Ingram now joins us uh, from UAB as they go to a new league. Birmingham's going to a new league uh, as they're on their way to the AAC. And, and Mark, I welcome you in against the backdrop that, uh, man, you have been a part of not only the resurrection of the football program down there, but now this move up to a bigger league, and congratulations on all the success you've had along the way, and I appreciate you jumping on with us today. Yeah, man, I'm thrilled too. Tony, how you been, brother? It's been a long time. Man, I'm doing great. I hope uh, Amy's doing well and your family. And I remember when she and I, we were kind of all starting in the business together, and you were starting, and we were starting, and we were selling radio together uh, all those years ago. But uh, how about you, man? You've had a... A great career for yourself. You've got to feel like a blessed man to be in the position you are today. I definitely am that. Um, I've got a great wife, as you know, and we have four terrific kids, and and I'm very fortunate, no question. And and we've had, you know, we've had a lot of good success in a lot of great places: Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, Temple, and now here at UAB. And um, really, really have enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm in my ninth year. Here at UAB, which is uh, which has been tremendous. And when you first uh, 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 ended up there, 
um, they were coming out of a period where football was ceased, and then it was brought back. How challenging has the whole road for you been there? You're, you're almost decade there. Yeah, I mean, unique for sure. So to your point, in December of 14, they had eliminated football, bowling, and rifle. And uh, their athletic director resigned the day before the announcement. So they, you know, went to work trying to replace the AD. I got uh, named AD on May the 1st. And then a month after that, we reinstated football. So we had to raise $17.2 million, uh, per an outside, we had an outside agency, uh, CSS from Atlanta, a guy named Jeff Schimmel, uh, had done a report that determined 17.2 was the number they needed to raise to reinstate those programs and kind of get back on solid financial footing. And so we had to do that in about a month, not quite a month, really more like two and a half weeks. And, um, so I'm out trying to raise money from strangers. You know, they don't know me. They don't know my motives. There's a lot of, you know, when those things happen, and I've been part of the elimination and reinstatement of sports at more than one place. And, you know, just you eliminate sports, and it, it erodes trust, you know, with fan base or potential donors, whomever, local business folks. And, and so that was challenge number one, uh, but we got it reinstated, obviously, and then immediately went to work on raising another $22.5 million for a football practice facility. There really was not a practice facility here for football. There was an old dentist office uh, that was about 3,000 square feet that our football staff used. And so you're thinking about 30 people roughly working in that space, uh, one restroom. Then there was a building next to that that had been a maintenance shed, and they took half that building and made it a locker room, and the other half of the building was just a big empty room with folding chairs. And that was the only meeting space. And then outside, there was about a 70-yard field that was flat, but it it, uh, it it didn't have any drainage, proper drainage. So if it rained, you really couldn't use it for about three days. And next to that was our track. And inside the track was another practice field. Well, the interesting thing about the track is that it was in the shape of a square. So our track that our track team used was was a perfect square, four-lane square, and it sloped 10 feet from one end to the other. So the practice field from end zone to end zone sloped 10 feet. So you ran uphill, downhill, as did the track team. So that was what they had for football, you know, practice facility space. And, and then, of course, we played at Legion Field, which, you know, plenty of people want to beat up Legion Field because of its age or its location. But... Um, Legion Field served us really well and uh, for a long time, 25 years, I think, was the number. And uh, ultimately, it was bigger than, you know, than we needed. But in terms of where it is in town, we never had any issues uh, in that, you know, in, in, in the Legion Field area. In fact, we had a number of folks uh, who would work our games from that neighborhood or uh, would come to the games from the neighborhood, which is actually a really good relationship. Um, but, uh, you know, we raised the money for that practice facility which was which has continued to be fantastic for us, and now we've built a, a football stadium that it's across the street from the Southeastern Conference headquarters, which is uh, kind of funny, but um, it's downtown Birmingham. It's about a mile from our campus, mm-hmm. and it's fabulous. I mean, I don't know if you've been, Tony, but it's 
It is maybe the nicest college football stadium in the country. It's, it's not the biggest. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah, it's yeah, really. Yeah, yeah you got to be really proud of that because really. I happen to be like one of the few USFL fans out there, and I know that okay. they they hubbed out of there uh, last year the entire league. And um, man, I was just, I was just wow. I mean, what a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fantastic and. You know, there's that restaurant district across across the street, which we call Uptown. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's you know there's Top Golf next door, and there's uh, plans. And I I should know better exactly where this is, but there's plans for an amphitheater on the north side of the stadium. So it's really becoming a big entertainment district. And and the the complex, which here in Birmingham is known as the BJCC Complex, Birmingham Jefferson Convention Center. It's our convention center. There's a a Sheraton uh, convention-style hotel, and there's also an arena, which this year, you know, they, they spent $100 million renovating the arena, you know, after spending, you know, I don't know the final number, but, you know, $215 million or something like that on the stadium. Uh, they spent another 100 on renovating the arena and, and got what they wanted, which was to get an NCAA regional back, and we had one this past spring, and, so they've really done a nice job down and around that, that space, and it's in downtown. It's easy to get to, you know, if you recall, it's right off the interstate. So it's very easy access, good parking all the way around. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. So you, know, you, know, you couldn't be more pleased with that. You fought the good fight. I didn't realize that your arrival butted up with when they made that decision and so you walk into, because I remember visiting with you. My memory's pretty good. I, I remember visiting with you at a Tennessee tailgate, and you were at Temple at the time, and you were telling okay. me how difficult it was because they had just uh, cut their baseball program. And you were talking about just how yeah. hard that was to be, because you were responsible, I believe, at the time. That was under you as part of the yep. the way the flow chart was. And yep. you had said, man, you do not want to be the guy that has to go tell those families and those kids that, hey, it's terrible. we're out of money. We are out of money. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, you know, so, yeah, we eliminated seven sports at Temple, and there were basically me and two other people, the athletic director and another guy, um, who were uh, sort of the tip of the spear on on the research that we did uh, to ultimately determine which sports, how many sports, and the recommendation to the president and to the board. <clears throat> and then and then we were the ones who, you know, took all the phone calls. But my, my job, um, I managed our, our development office, uh, but I also was the sport administrator for several sports, including baseball, uh, which was one of the sports we eliminated. And you don't get into athletics because you don't like athletics, right? You don't ever, nobody wants to do it. But you do it, and you say, for the right reason. The reason is we were not providing the quality of experience to any of our teams. We had 24 sports at the time. We were not providing the experience that any of those teams deserved. And it's because we were strained financially, and we couldn't afford to, like, for example, we needed more trainers, and we needed more strength coaches, and we needed more academic services people to properly uh, accommodate all of the teams that we had and well we couldn't afford to do that but but by you know right sizing the department shrinking the number of student athletes that we had Mm -hmm. we did have enough people to serve them properly 
And then there was a number of space issues. But like baseball, we were putting those student-athletes on a yellow school bus every day, driving them an hour to practice. It was 17 miles, but it was through the city, you know, traffic light, traffic light, traffic light. So we took an hour to get there and an hour to get back to, to a practice field that was just a field. It was a field like like you'd see, uh, you know, it you know, very similar to the fields that are there on Cherokee Boulevard for T ball. Those little league fields, very, very similar to that. It was it was a fence and a field and two dugouts. There was no seating, there was no press box. We put a folding table behind uh, the backstop. Wow with chairs and a speaker on it, and that was our PA system. That was our, you know, press box, per se. And we kept score on, I I think we did have sort of a youth-style scoreboard. I I feel like I remember that, but I'm not certain we didn't use one of those, you know, rubber flap-over things that, you know, that you see in gym class. I mean, it it was like that, and so that's not, you know, you have 11.7 scholarships in baseball. We provided nine. Oh, my gosh. Because we couldn't afford to add more. You know, uh, we had one assistant instead of two. You know, we, we didn't even have a full complement of staff. And it's just that's not what sign up for. Now, now, of course, in that moment, coaches, players, their families, former players, alumni, hey, we don't care. We still love it. And I get that. You'd rather keep that than be extinct, right? But, you know, this is a Division One competitive Division One environment where you're, again, you're, you're not just, it's not about participation like a intramural yep. team. This yep. is, you know, supposed to be high-level competition, and we just weren't providing that. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's gut-wrenching, man. It's not what you want to do. Mark Ingram, who's on, been on the other side, he's at UAB, athletic director, former Vol, who... Um, I know loves and follows his alma mater and is now getting an opportunity to shepherd his program into the AAC, which I want to ask him about in a second. John Adams, uh, jump in here. You're on with Mark Ingram. Mark, I I wondered as you go into this new league, and uh, it's an interesting alignment because you have schools like UAB, like your school in the middle of a football-crazy state, and with the dominant program in, in college football in Alabama right in your backyard, Tulane is in that situation with LSU. You look at all the Texas schools in this league. I wonder if there is a unified vision among the administrators, the athletic directors, as to what this league's niche is. Because I really believe there are a lot of people that want to watch college football. And... It, they don't care what the league is. They, if, if college football is all they'd like to watch it, they'd like to bet on it. And more people than ever are betting. <laughs> I just wonder if, if you guys have thought, uh, how much thought do you put into this as to what this league might become? Well, if you look at, first of all, John, good to hear from you. I didn't, sorry, I didn't uh, say hello when, when I joined the show. I didn't realize you were there. Um, the, um, the footprint of the league is similar to the one we were in, Conference USA. So it, it's not terribly different than that total footprint, which was a part of our conversation and our decision. The alignment that we now have, though, with the schools left in, that, that I would say are left in the American um, prior to us joining, you know, uh, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston going to the Big 12 uh, put, put the American in a position where they wanted to add schools. And so for us, to take 
our brand to other major cities of those what I'm going to call incumbent members like South Florida. So now we're taking our brand to Tampa, and we're taking our brand to, to uh, Miss, uh, Memphis, and we're taking it to New Orleans, and we're going to take it to Philadelphia, and we're going to take it to uh, Baltimore for Annapolis because Navy football is there, right? Tulsa, SME, Dallas. You know, we, we were already going to Houston with Rice. They're joining us. San Antonio going with us. We were already there. Charlotte going with us. So, so the positive for the institution is that by carrying our flag, our brand to these other major cities that we're now aligned with. And academically, we are a lot more like those institutions than the ones that we were with in Conference USA. And some people don't really care about that. The presidents do. The presidents care and the boards, you know, each respective board, you know, it's, it's our brand is aligned with their brand. We respect and, and are more like their brand, whoever they are. And so, um, uh, we, we're, we're thrilled about that. And, and when you, you talk about where's the league going and, and sort of where does it see itself, uh, Michael Resco, our commissioner, has been bullish about, uh, uh, for years about calling the American Power Six. We're the part of the Power Six. And, and I'm sure plenty of people mocked him and wanted to make all the fun they wanted. Well, when the Big 12 decided to expand after losing Texas and Oklahoma, where did they go? They went to the American. And they, they took BYU, who was an independent, and three schools out of the American. And it's not because they weren't good, right? It's because they are good. They're competitive. They've demonstrated an interest in being competitive. And and so that's where they went. Now, I know there's obviously recent uh, news about Colorado uh, potentially being next at the Big 12. But when the Big 12 expanded, their first choice was from the American. And, and, and that speaks volumes for that league. And so... Uh, we're excited about that association, um, and and excited for the you know the challenge to come. Who knows where alignment's going long term, right? But um, the one thing that has been constant in our industry for years is change. So we'll see we'll see what happens next. Hey, Mark, when when a, when those spots open, okay, I, I'd imagine that's got to be coveted. Yeah. It's dominoes sure. all over the place. Yeah. Do they recruit you, or do you recruit them? How does that work? Your your job as an AD with that league? Yeah, you know. So so coming back to you know our the beginning of our conversation when I started here, had a lot of people saying, "Hey, we gotta you know we gotta get into the American." A lot of our fans wanted us to to land there, but mainly because of the association again with schools like Memphis and East Carolina, who we, and South Florida, who we had we had been aligned with at one point when when they were in Conference USA. And so it was really more about just renewing those old rivalries for our fans in a in the most simple, basic way. Like we resonate with those schools, we want to get back with those schools. Um, and so our plan really was just to be the best version of ourselves. Let's let's not talk about trying to get to another conference. Let's just talk about being the very best we can be within our own conference. If we're really good, we'll be recognized for that. And and that's ultimately what happened here um you, you know you you uh you build new facilities you demonstrate by doing that that as an institution we want to be more successful than we are that success becomes a reality and then when that really happens you know you know it could be different conference to conference how this might go but you know you just have a conversation and um and uh I think they acknowledge that, you know, you're whatever, how can I put this 
you never know what another conference's goals are, right? So if I were to say, I want to get into the Southeastern Conference, well, I don't know what are the behind-closed-door conversations being had about the, in, in the SEC about what they think is best for the SEC. Right. I might say, I think I'm great for them, but I don't know what they think is great for them, right? So that comes back to just focus on yourself. Just, just do the very best you can at, at where you are, and, uh, and it does sort of work itself out. And it has splendidly for you guys. I'm, I'm thrilled for you, thrilled for your success, everything you've done. I know you've you, really worked your tail off, man. Um, on the way out, give me your sense of the miracle man that Josh Heupel is. And then you hired a young, innovative, take-a-chance guy out of Nashville to lead your football program into this next league. And your guy is sort of a quarterback guru type, uh, just like uh, Heupel is. And that's where the sport is going, is it not? Well, I think so. Um, and I appreciate you saying that. You know, Josh, who I've met a few times, uh, seems like a really good guy. I've never worked with him, obviously, but I've only heard, you know, positive things about him as a person. And, um, you know, the first AD that I worked for was Doug Dickey. And, I was in a meeting one time. It was a, we were talking about a fundraising campaign, and um, John Curry was in that meeting. Mike Hamilton was in that meeting. I can't remember if Mitch Barnhart was in that meeting or not. He may have moved on to Oregon State. I think he had. Um, but but we're in this room, and uh, we're pitching Coach Dickey on this fundraising campaign idea that ultimately led to building the, the Allen Jones Aquatic Center and some other things. And... Um, we started, and we got all these pie charts and graphs and everything, and we've got an hour of block off with Coach Dickey and over in the old Stokely Conference room. And, and after about five minutes, he stands up and kind of interrupts us, and he says, hey, listen, fellas, I appreciate all this, and I think it sounds wonderful. He said, as long as we've got a good quarterback, it's all going to work out. And he left. After we had this big presentation, all these beautiful slides and colors and cards and graphs, and there's some real truth to that, you know. And, and I say that in saying, coming back to Josh, he has had a marvelous quarterback in Hendon Hooker and what a fantastic job that he, that, that young man did. And, and, and his career at Tennessee ended, uh, unfortunately with that injury. And, and I, I, like, like all of your listeners wish him nothing but the best and hope that he's going to be healthy and have a great career because what a great career he had there in Knoxville. It, it isn't only about replacing him, but you've got to do that, right? In order to run the offense that Josh wants to run, which is high octane, throwing it all over the place, you've got to have a good quarterback, meaning a good decision-maker who's accurate, and that's what they lost last year. So I know that's what he's looking to replace there, and uh, along with, you know, always the other pieces that have to be around that. But but uh, So we'll, that'll be exciting to see how, how that develops this year, and but, but naturally, I'm I'm proud to see uh, Tennessee back to being the competitive program that it it certainly ought to be. So that that makes me very happy. As far as UAB goes, um, yeah, we hired Trent Dilfer. Uh, he was coaching there in Nashville at Lipscomb Academy. Um, you know, I I my my coach a year ago uh, sort of retired at the end of June. And we, we, we put, uh, our offensive coordinator in place as an interim. But he, he, the wonderful thing is it gave me a lot of time to talk to a lot of coaches 
And last year in particular, there were a number of really good coaches all sitting at home. There was a bunch of really good coaches that had just decided to take, like, decompress and take a year off. And so I was able to, to talk and meet with a number of them. Um, you know, you're talking about the person who, and your football coach or your head basketball coach, these are the highest paid people in the state, usually. You know, they, they, if for a state employee, if you are a state school, you know, and at your university, they're almost always your highest paid employee at your university. And too frequently, we have to make that decision and hire somebody in like a week. You know, that is not the right way to do that. And, you know, time will tell here for Coach Dilfer, but the amount of time that we spent together and, and you know, you sort of have a conversation and then let that conversation kind of marinate. You know, you, a buddy of mine uh, used to say that if you, you want to get a great you want to get a great pickle, you got to let a cucumber soak. And it's, it's about, you know, it's about letting time pass. So I had my first conversation with Trent in about July last year. And I thought, well, I'm not hiring a school coach. That's just stupid. I'm not doing that. But, you know, we got one Super Bowl. We probably got some mutual friends. I'll call him. So I thought a 10-minute phone call with the guy that won the Super Bowl, no big deal. Well, that 10 minutes became an hour and a half. And, and we both had to go to something, practice, or probably for him in a meeting for me. And, and then, you know, I went to Nashville to see him. I thought maybe that'd be an hour and a half, and that lasted three hours. And then I had a committee of people meet with him uh, in person that I thought might be an hour or two. It was like four. And, it's, and it was not because we weren't efficient. It was because everybody, him, us, all of us included, enjoyed the, the conversation. And and it, it wasn't forced. It was easy. And we were it's because we were well aligned in what is our ultimate mission. And our ultimate mission is to educate young people, to help grow uh, civic leaders, you know, global leaders. And that's what we're trying to do. And if we, if we do that, uh, good football is a byproduct of, of that. And uh, making sure these young people understand the power of who they are and who they can become as great fathers and husbands, and uh, and that that's really the most important thing. And in an era where I really feel like we've lost that through conversations around NIL and employee status and all that, it's, it's become this, you know, transfer portal and, buying players off of other people's rosters and all that, we've, we've kind of lost our way. And so for me, it was really refreshing to talk to a person who, from my view, really thinks the way that I think, And <clears throat> which is let's get back to our roots and our original mission, which is, yes, we want to play great football, but what we're trying to do is help educate people and use football as an avenue and, and athletics to do that. And and so that that's how we landed on Trent. And um, I had a bunch of other great candidates that I really enjoyed talking to, but I just kept coming back to him as I kind of felt like, oh, there was great risk in hiring him. As you know, Tony, there's there's risk in hiring anybody that you hire. There's no magic bullet. There's no perfect answer. Um, no. You know, there's plenty of great coaches that have gone yep. places, and it just didn't work out. And they weren't bad coaches. They were great coaches. It just didn't quite work. So there's always some risk. Yep. But I felt like there was an opportunity, a ceiling height that was greater with Coach Dilfer than anybody else, and, and that's ultimately where, where we decided to go. You know, there's so much wisdom in what that answer you just gave. And, and, Mark, I really appreciate you joining. But the thing that is a great takeaway 
is that for some reason in your field, the way it's done with those coveted positions is they take yeah. guys off this scrap heap that are smoking hot. They know nothing about them. They get into rushed marriages with them. They make them instant millionaires, like scratching a lottery yeah. ticket. And you don't know the guy from Adam you just hired, or you don't know the girl from Eve. You have no idea who that person is. You you hope and pray. And then a lot of ADs, because I've heard it, you've heard it. Two weeks in, these people go, oh, my God, we made a mistake. And really, there's nothing at that point. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. And it yeah. makes it the craziest profession in the world. The only people with a perfect hiring record, our talk show host and columnist like John Adams. We're all perfect. <laughs> Y'all make the mistakes. We're perfect, you know? Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, and so for the listener who says or the, the critic that might say, well, that's why you, you know, it's your job to have a list in your desk door. Well, I've got a list in my desk door. That doesn't mean I have a relationship with that's everybody right. on that. And list. you don't know those people. Like, yeah, you don't you know, know, them. I know you. That's right. Yeah, you've won a lot of games. I've followed you. I've tracked you. I think... Wow, that's an interesting guy or gal, and they, they've got a great track record of success. But I haven't spent time with you to know what your personality is really like. I've seen you on an interview, but everybody can polish yep. up and look good in an interview. Yep. So what are you really like every day? That That's the hard part, and that's the, the piece that, yeah, you get into these situations where because of the recruiting calendar, uh, and the transfer portal window is about to open. Oh, my gosh, we've got to make a decision by Monday because the transfer portal is going to open up and we're going to lose everybody on our roster. And, and oh, my gosh, I mean, if we want to be any good, and they've got to get off to the right foot because now there's no room for error. They, people don't, it, It's instant gratification, man. If they don't win year one, they were a bad decision. And well, so yeah. you're trying to make an impossible decision in an unfair amount of time, it's not fair to the school. It's not fair to the candidate either. You know, so everybody's thrust into this place, and people just act like, well, that's no big deal. They make so much money. I, I can't care about that. You know, don't feel sorry for them. They Look at all that money they make. Well, they still want to be successful. Listen, everybody wants to make more money. If you could make another 10 bucks a month, you'd take it. Everybody wants to make more money. But it's, you know, but ultimately what I want is to be successful. The money will be there if I'm successful. Hey, Mark, my best to you, to Amy, to your family. Thanks for stepping. Thanks, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, thrilled to do it anytime, man. Best luck to you guys, too. It's great talking to you. Good to hear your voice. All right, brother. Thank you. Mark Ingram, one more time. John Adams, Brian Hartman suggested we do that. And I say Brian Hartman hit that out of the park. Yeah, it's uh, probably Brian's best, best move just from when I'm on the air since uh, he told us the horrible news that Ray Liotta had, uh, had just passed away. Well, Brian, you, um, I mean, we could have spent the time right there. I don't know. Brian, anything come to mind that we could have been doing? Talking to... Titans Bill or Polish Joe. I mean, that, that's a couple that come to mind. I mean, Matt, we could have been unpacking mm -hmm. those guys or listening to a guy who's shepherding his conference, shepherding his school into a new conference against the confluence of all these forces pushing against him. And, Matt, he brought up a great point when he said, when you get in a rush to hire people, that is exactly 
what led Tennessee down the path that they ended up going down. That whole rush to hire somebody. Yeah, yeah, with, with Derek Dooley especially, because Clifton left kind of last minute. Yup. And he got a rush to, say, to you know, quote-unquote, save a recruiting class and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, then that that was obviously a, a bad hire on Tennessee's part and really kind of set up a decade worth of failure. Um, John, no, that's yeah. a, that was a really good point. He he was very open about a lot of a lot of things. A lot of ads don't usually talk talk about. Yes, very open. Can I uh, ask this question? Hit it. How come he wasn't considered for ad at Tennessee when Dave Hart was hired or when Mike Hamilton was hired? Why wasn't he considered? I don't know. I guess at that point, the Hart thing, he was a little young in his tenure. I would think that going forward, if that spot ever opens up again, I, I, I would think he would get consideration, especially with everything they've done there, the building and all that. But it's really, really impressive when you think, John, about a guy that took a job nobody else wanted to take. You know nobody else wanted to take that job when they, when they stripped the football program. And then they decided, well, we're going to bring it back. I mean, that's got to be nearly impossible to dig out from that like they did. Oh, I know. And, and so right away that tells you he's not afraid of challenges. No doubt. And, and no matter where you are, what program, the most elite programs in the country, there will be challenges. And the experience he's acquired in running that program, think of all, and he mentioned wow. some of these all the varied things he had to deal with along the way. Just you talk about practice, just so many things. Uh, just a very difficult job, and, and he's done so so well at it. <clears throat> and now you you see the 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 team has moved up to a a higher ranking league um, in the American Conference. I'm really curious about that league. Tennessee plays. Uh, Texas San Antonio. Yes, who's this picked year. at the top of it? Yep, and and that's one of the top teams in that league now. Yes, I mean that's a fast forward moving program. Yep, uh, Tulane, of course, last year really made a mark for itself. Uh, it, and beating Southern Cal, of course, was the was the high mark. But I'm interested in UT San Antonio. Tennessee plays it this year. And when you look at the preseason all-conference teams, they put one through three teams. Uh, I counted like 13 or 14 guys from UT San Antonio on those preseason all-star teams. Uh, I think that will be a more challenging game than people might think just based on based on name recognition. Well, it's funny you'd say that because today over at the blog at tclub.team, we've got a synopsis of their ball club and sort of a breakdown of how they've gotten to where they've gotten. And Frank Wilson recruited a bunch of the players that are still there. These are COVID seniors that are still in that program, including that quarterback, who's a really nice player. He has a six-figure NIL deal. They formed a collective just to keep him there for this year. I was told by a guy at San Antonio Express News a couple weeks ago on here, 
that they're going to come to Neyland Stadium expecting to win. Now, my question for you guys is, and for the living listeners, we'll take some calls on the other side and head to a TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, which I want to thank Mark for appearing, Mark Ingram for appearing on the TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, the TLD Logistics Hotline. I'm mixing my metaphors here. But the question is this. What would be a bigger surprise? San Antonio coming to Neyland Stadium and beating the Vols at the end of September. Or Tennessee, in the penultimate weekend of the season, defeating the Georgia Bulldogs? What's a bigger surprise? I'll I'll pose that question to John. We'll throw it around the room. We'll take some calls. Maybe that genius Polly Joe will be in the uh, set of four love songs in a row coming up as we bring it back on the other side right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 
808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming, let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. I love Thursdays, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. The great John Adams is alongside. He's been an absolute blessing being on with us. We mix it up during our breaks and talk about it. You can hear that stuff if you go over to Twitter Spaces or X. X spaces now. Um, I, Elon Musk, apparently a big Xavier fan. Um, 865-200-5402 because they have Xavier's logo. Maybe he's a Byron Larkin fan from back in the day. Nobody on here but John Adams knows who Byron Larkin is. Nobody remembers that. His brother Barry is now a Reds announcer, I believe. I think that's correct. John, what's uh, more likely to happen? San Antonio comes to Neyland Stadium and clips the Vols? Or the Vols in Week 11 jump all over and defeat the Georgia Bulldogs? Well, I think it's more likely that Tennessee would beat Georgia. Uh, I just think uh, Tennessee's obviously not upset proof. We saw that with South Carolina last season. However... With Josh Heupel's offense, it, you've got to score so many points to beat Tennessee, and I think that's a challenge for anybody. Uh, I think Texas San Antonio, though, can present more resistance for Tennessee than some of the SEC teams, uh, Vanderbilt maybe. No doubt about Tennessee, that. No doubt about I would that. much rather play Vanderbilt than I would uh, UTSA if, if I were a Tennessee coach. But, no, I, I think it would be more likely that, that Tennessee could upset Georgia. I'm not predicting that, but it, given those two possibilities, yeah, that's what I would go with. Matt Dixon, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with John. I think Tennessee beating Georgia is more likely. Uh, I, I don't believe UTSA's ever beaten a ranked opponent, and I think they've only beaten two Power 5 teams in their history, which, granted, I think it's only this, only like 15 or 20 years it's old. It's crazy so. how young their program is, and they're pretty yeah. good. They're I think really it was Larry Coker good. who actually started it. But, wow, um, Larry Coker. Or was, or was their first head coach, at least. But, no, I, I think it, they can present a challenge, like John said, it, and they can, they especially uh, to Tennessee's defense. But, 
I just don't think they have the athletes and speed uh, on their defense to be able to stop Tennessee at all. And there's kind of like a minimum threshold you have. To, I think you have to have defensively, kind of athletically, to, to even be able to compete with Tennessee. And I'm not sure that they, they would have that. But I do think it is kind of an intriguing game. And I think they play Army the week before, which could pose some problems. Now, Army's not going to necessarily be the triple option team they, they used to be, like, all the time now. But I still think that'll that kind of wear and tear will kind of probably hurt UTSA when they come in here. I, I think uh, when I think of UTSA, can't help but go back to that Georgia State game in 2019, the season opener, when 25 to 26 point underdog beat Tennessee. If uh, Jeremy Pruitt was still running this program and there had been no Josh Heupel and Tennessee kind of de- decided to keep Jeremy Pruitt for a couple of years, this uh, UT San Antonio would be a really, really stiff test. For instance, if San, if San Antonio I, I was on Florida, if somebody like National yeah. League could look up and, and how many of Tennessee's opponents would UTSA be favored over? Like I think they'd be favored over Virginia, no doubt. Uh, pro- favored over Vandy, no doubt. I bet um, they'd be Austin favored P. over South Carolina. I, I mean, yeah, Austin P. I bet they'd be um, favored yeah, over uh, South Carolina. I bet that'd be close, guys. Yeah, with with South Carolina could, and maybe Florida, how about Florida? How about Florida? fairly fairly close lines? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting to know from from one of the degenerates. Well, here's the thing too about the thing about Florida getting on the field with a team like that. With Frank Harris, they're going to score points. They're going to score like you heard. Um, back to the Mark Ingram comment: Who's your quarterback? The quarterback's pretty good. I think we can build that aquatic center this year. That's how it works. Well, I mean, if you got one of those guys, they had to pay him to keep him there. I mean, that's the, you know, that's not even a secret. That's the that's the deal. And John Florida would be in trouble against a team like that because they, they're back with Jared Garantano where we were. When you get in one of those games, you can't score with those people. You can get blown out by them. Well, I mean, Florida lost to uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, enough said there. Yeah. You, you've got to be able to score a lot of points. And, and, again, that's why I think South Carolina is a better test for Tennessee than Florida. Uh, I know all the, the history of the swamp, and mm-hmm. certainly that is a challenge. But when you get back to just the matchup itself, South Car- Tennessee might be South Carolina 25 points. However, it's the kind of team on a hot day as we saw last year. Yep. Spencer Rattler has a has a big day. He gets in a groove. Yep. To me, that would they South Carolina would match up against Tennessee's weaknesses better than Florida was. I just don't Florida's strength offensively will be running the ball. Tennessee's strength defensively is stopping the run. Uh, I just don't know if Florida could pass effectively enough to complement the running game. San Antonio is a sneaky, scary game for me because Tennessee plays Florida the week before. And once they win that game, I believe that's the order on the schedule. Once they win that game, they have to handle it well. And you're going to play a directional school. And in your mind's eye, you're thinking that's a breather. That's a week off. I'm trying to think when, under Hypel, that Tennessee hasn't handled a big win well the next week. Back to the phones we go. Well, the further you go in your tenure, though, Brian, the more opportunity you have for the, to see this. 
Heupel's still young, and the quarterback's different this time around. Let's get our next call in. I just think that's an interesting question. I think that's a sneaky, interesting question. Let's get our uh, next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. Josh, you boy. Under wings. Have you guys talked yet about Colorado joining the Big 12? Uh, Mark Ingram, the athletic director at UAB who was on with us, was talking about that. What's your thought, Josh, you boy, on the latest movement here? Which always begats movement. As soon as you I see wanted, movement one way, there's movement I somewhere else. Break it down with you scientifically. All right, break it down scientifically. Is that okay? Hit it, Tony. After Colorado going to the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve is in trouble. All capital letters, trouble, because the Mountain West. The Pac-12 is trying to get teams from the Mountain West to join, but the Mountain West says no. That's right. At a certain time, Tony, you got to think, beggars can't be choosers. You have to beg the Mountain West to join the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is going to have no conference before it's all said and done. John, they don't have a TV deal. They said they were going to announce it at their media days. No. They didn't even have a t- I mean, what are they doing, John? Did you ever think we'd see this in our lifetime? They don't have a TV deal. No, I mean, the Pac-12 is... I mean, I've always li- watched a lot of Pac-12 Love it. football. Love the it. games are on late at night on Saturday. And yeah. Sometimes I'm done done with my work, ten- whatever game, whenever Tennessee was playing. So I watched a lot. So I had some exciting football. I had some, But when you lose Southern California, I mean, that, that team was the team in the Pac-12, as everybody knows. UCLA, not so much, but still a known entity and success through the years from time to time. So you look at that league now and, and you look at the Mountain West. I mean, how much difference is there in those two leagues? And I wonder if the Pac-12 leadership, has it been too optimistic over what it thought mm. it could do? Mm. As, a, as Instead of thinking, we're in trouble here, yep. we really better scramble and maybe it's a temporary plan, but we need we we got to settle this thing down, and, and we've got to make some move. You look at what the Big 12's done as opposed to what the Pac-12 has done. So, I, I just I wonder about the leadership in that conference. I keep saying the commissioner of the Big 12. Watch him. He came from outside of college sports. He has a tremendous reputation. Along the way, he's already doing innovative things. They're going to position themselves as league number three in this new world order in college football. I'm betting on the Big 12 over the ACC. Let's see if it's right. Pulling Colorado back is a really good move. The next squad they need to figure out a way to pull back, Matt, is whom? They need to bring them back home to that league. Oh, Nebraska. And, and it's Nebraska. going to be, you know, yeah. for Nebraska, it would be punitive financially, but it would be so good for their soul to go back to that league. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.